Hi, this is Jesse Shook, and I'm going to be talking about a self-recorded teaching analysis I did for one of my Western classes. So this assignment was about recording a lesson and just watching it over and figuring out what was good, what was bad, what did I want to change, and talking about what I am still working on as a developing teacher and what I think I've grown on for a developing teacher. For this lesson, I decided to record our number corner, which is something that I've taken charge of in the classroom the days I go into student teach. So it wasn't anything new for the students, and I really didn't want to get them anxious or extra, extra excited about the whole recording thing. So I did warn them a week in advance that it was coming up, and then I did tell them as we sat down for our lesson that I was recording, just so they were aware. For number corner this week, we were dealing with story problems, and these story problems have to do with um, adding a number or adding two numbers together. One is in the 200s, and one is in the 50s through the 70s. And then we write an equation, and I encourage students to draw a picture to help them organize their thinking. We've been working a lot with base 10 area pieces, so I made sure that when I was doing it, I drew out the base 10 area pieces as well so I could explain it to them and how I got there just for those who need some extra support. After our story problems, we did an activity called our daily deposit, which we compare to a bank. Um, we roll a dice, our two dice, and we come up with our tens and our ones for whichever dice we rolled. And then we come back to it the next day and we roll the dice again. And whatever number we came up with, we add to the number we got the day before. So it's just like making a deposit of money. You put money in and you get a new total. And so that's what we worked on for the second part of Number Corner. When it came to following my lesson plan, um, my lesson plan for this particular lesson wasn't very in-depth because it is something that we've been doing. We've been doing the story problems for an entire month. Of February and we've been doing our daily deposit for a few weeks so writing out my lesson plan wasn't very detailed I just kind of wrote out what I wanted to say and like important questions that I wanted to ask it wasn't anything over the top and so I did stick to my lesson plan um, the only difference that I made last second was adding in the base 10 area piece um, for showing our problems our story problems because that was something I didn't think of until of course, the last second, but I think it went well um, because after I gave an example and showed it to them, more and more kids started using base 10 area pieces to show their thinking. One thing that I will say was unproductive was the fact that for Number Corner, I had the students sit in a discussion circle and Number Corner took about 30 minutes is what I have on um, the, the recording. And 30 minutes is a long time for second graders to sit down in a circle. So we did have lots of voice reminders. We had time taken off recess because we were just very wiggly, which was half my fault, half their fault. And so next time, I'm definitely going to add in some sort of movement break between um, the first half and the second half. So I should have done something between story problems and daily deposit because it, it was a lot for them. Oh, something that I found productive was that at the start of every number corner, I always go over what we're going to talk about, which seems to help students. It just, you know, gives them that sense of, I know what we're doing. I'm not going to 
think that there's going to be change and it prepares them. As I went back and watched for um, my facilitation of student sense making, like paying attention to what questions they asked or what questions I asked and if I offered wait time, um, I did notice that there were a couple students who did ask question clarifying questions about story problems. And I made sure to go back and reread the story problems as many times as I could. And I made sure to go back and say it slowly um, I have had a problem in the past with talking too fast, which I'll talk more about at the end of this um, video or this podcast. Anyway, um, when it came to them not making sense of the story problem, that was when I asked them or I offered the strategy of the base 10 area pieces. And I could tell in their face, just by watching their facial expressions, after I, ex I read off the problem, and then I made sure to say... This is like an example. So we know that there are 253 people total, but we only know how many we started with, which was, I don't know, like 53. And so I said, so we're trying to find that missing number to add to 53 to get to our total number of that 200 number I just said. And after saying that, um, it started clicking in students' heads and I watched as their like eyebrows raised and they looked back down at their board and started to write. And then there were also kids who were saying, oh, I got it, I got it. And were like already showing me their boards, which is what I would say once everyone was done, like, oh, show me your boards so I can see your understanding of the problem. And when it came time to, or when it came time for them to write out their equation and draw their picture if that's how they solved it I did give wait time and how I did wait time was I just kind of watched everyone and how they were doing and if a lot of people were done working on their whiteboards um, and there's only like a couple kids who I know that most likely would not get the answer without a little extra support I would say all right cap your pens show me your board and then I would talk about how I got the number or I guess how I got the answer I got. And that's when I really went into depth about how I used the base 10 area pieces to try and hint off to those who were struggling that, hey, the strategy works. It helped me organize my thinking and it helped me visually add um, my numbers together. One thing I will say is I really, really wish one of my missed opportunities was that I would have asked more students how they got their answer and had them explain their strategy to the rest of the class um, because I was really the only one explaining how I got the answer and looking back on that it's not very productive I was I wanted it to be more student-led and it was definitely more teaching-led plus a lot of kids only wrote an equation and I was really really worried about time because it was a um, odd schedule day due to, due to our two-hour delay of snow and so I was more focused on, oh my gosh, we are taking a lot of time to do this. I don't want them to be sitting for more than a half hour. I was definitely a little too focused on myself and time management than I was on students leading a discussion and students helping and encouraging other students to use different strategies to solve problems. And that is definitely the biggest missed opportunity I have from this lesson and I'm definitely going to maybe stop worrying so much about time and worrying more about my students getting 
all the support that they can get from each other. I've mostly been talking about um, the story problems and not about the daily deposit because the story problems was more of students doing the work and the daily deposit is more of me rolling the dice and being in charge of the manipulatives because it is we only have manipulatives for me and not for the students. And so once we got to daily deposit, that was actually when things started to kind of go a little south behavior-wise, which is nothing new. Um, That is something that I'm still working on with the whole things going too long and when the best time to take a brain break is or a movement break. And that was definitely the transition between story problems and daily deposit was definitely a time where there should have been a break. Now, because I talked about base 10 area pieces and drawing them for or during story problems, um, last second I decided that when we do daily deposit, I want every student to draw what we have right now. So our total, I believe it was like 79. And so I had students draw what they saw in front of them on their whiteboards. And then we rolled the dice and then I had them draw our new number right below what they already drew and then that was how we added our numbers together and came up with our new total and that seemed to really help with um a couple students who i know have place value issues or struggles or whatever you want to call it and students who kind of get a little lost when it comes to adding big numbers and the good thing was that um we do regrouping in this and so when we got to regroup our ones I made sure to say, so what happens if we get 10 ones? And everyone's eyes lit up. They're like, we make one 10. And then I said, oh, yes. And what happens when we get 10 10s? And they were so excited. Oh, we make 100. And we made a goal that today or during that lesson was when we would break 100. And we did break 100. And so when it came time to count them together, they were very excited. And then, again, the only unproductive choice that I did was not provide some sort of break from sitting on the ground and using whiteboards. Now comes the time to talk about me and the progress I've seen in myself as a developing teacher and the progress that I need to still make to become the best teacher I can be. And of course, um, becoming the best teacher I can be is not going to happen in my one year of student teaching. It's going to be a continuous thing that will happen every single day, month, year. And every day I'm going to be growing and I know it won't happen overnight. One thing I did mention earlier was my talking. I tend to talk really fast, especially when I feel my students aren't listening. I tend to talk louder and I tend to talk faster. And talking faster does not help my ELL students who still have some language barriers they're overcoming and my CT has told me that I about my talking issues and so lately I've been really really working on that and during my story problems I made sure to talk slower and I made sure to talk clearer um, for the sake of just not just my ELL students but everyone in the classroom because I I know it's a problem I normally talk fast in my everyday life and so I need to remember that I need to have a teacher voice and I need to have a normal everyday voice. One thing 
are another thing that I've noticed I could work on or I could grow on is my explanation of instructions or, for example, game instructions because Bridges, the math curriculum we use, there's a lot of games that we teach them and for someone who is new to it and just reading it over, I am not very good at explaining it in a organized way. Now for this lesson in particular, there wasn't really anything to explain because like I said, it was activities that we've done before and so they were familiar with them and there was really no new explanations needed. But after um, I stopped recording, we went into an actual game lesson thing and I, first off, uh, last minute, uh, my CT asked if I could lead it and I had no idea what we were doing. And so I kind of only had a half hour to prepare, but still, um, the way I explained things when I have days to prepare is still a little not as good as I would hope to. And I think I struggle with that just because it's a lot of information to remember and for never having played the game, um, doing instructions for it is not the easiest thing but something that I could work on would be to read over the the lesson and the instructions several times and after like the second time reading it on the third time maybe jot down some notes and important reminders to remember um, just to keep it in my brain and another way I could also do that is play the game by myself and as I'm playing it, say what I'm doing. And so maybe that might help my understanding of the game and help me organize how I will say it. Because I will say, I can sense their confused faces when I explain things. And sometimes my CT has to jump in and clarify some things. Um, usually just by asking clarifying questions to get me to still be in charge, which I greatly appreciate because I, I know it's something I struggle with and I don't, I think it's more so of the thing that I've struggled with, not just in math in particular, but in a lot of different things. Um, explaining rules is hard for me. And then lastly, there's another thing that I would wish to um, grow more with and it's just classroom management. Um, I think this is on everyone's radar, just, I don't know if it's this time of year, but not only my class, but our surrounding classrooms at Birchwood, um, they're struggling with behavior right now. And I am still working on the whole, Miss Shook is a teacher and you should respect her as much as you respect Mrs. Smith, who is my CT. Because um, sometimes Mrs. Smith steps out when I'm teaching to work on her planning and she just sits outside in the hallway and so she can hear everything. But um, the students think that's the time to push the limits and see if they can get away with more things. And so we're really trying to have them see me as this authority figure and having them respect me as much as they respect my CT. Anyway, um, classroom management is just, I don't think anybody ever feels prepared for it or feels like they have enough resources. Um, for me, I can continue asking my CT questions about, hey, I have this kid who won't sit still or won't sit down um, to participate. He wants to go stand in a corner. What are possible strategies I could do with this kid? Or should I check in with him when you're leading and kind of see what's on their mind? Um, 
there's also a teacher in my grade level who came from a, a different school recently and she um that other school they had big behavior students it was known for it and i've been told she has really really great resources and strategies for classroom management and that she's considered a pro um she doesn't see herself as a pro she sees herself as someone who can still work on it which i'm sure everyone feels that way but she said if i ever have questions i can come ask her for help and she can walk me through some strategies and so that's something that i should take um pardon and get some ideas from her too overall i think my lesson went really well um despite the the whole taking time off recess um the students were engaged and they always love working on whiteboards so getting them to use that tool um is something that i really like doing and they really love love doing it uh i do make sure i tell them hey no drawing if you draw you get your board taken away and so we've really gotten better at not drawing when we're not supposed to and i really appreciate them for doing that i hope that this podcast does you well i hope i touched on everything and thank you for listening